Imagine waking up and feeling ready to face the day with a smile, having more energy for your work, family and social life, fitting into your jeans and feeling good about your body, knowing what to eat and enjoying your food without guilt or confusion, dealing with the stress of daily life in a way that doesn't fry your chips and best of all, feeling relaxed, optimistic and in control of your health. It's all possible. I will show you how. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, energized life with Straight Talking Natural Health, a no BS, tell it like it is wellness show brought to you by qualified naturopath and functional medicine practitioner, Jules Galloway. That's me. Today's guest has some mad skills when it comes to creating healthy recipes. She's worked with everyone from Donna Hay to the Jamie Oliver franchise, and there's every chance that if you bought a recipe book in the last 20 years, you've seen recipes that have been developed by her or styled by her. And that's not all. She's also a yoga teacher and an Ayurvedic coach, so you know that her own work is always about nourishing meals and healthy whole food cooking. Her own cookbooks, Beautiful Food and the Yogic Kitchen, are legendary and well worth a look. But that's not actually why I've invited her on the show today. You know, sometimes you come across someone who's just a bloody good human, and this person is also one of the most generous and giving people that I know. When times are tough, she steps it up, gathers her people, and launches into action. Recently, the drought in many rural areas of Australia escalated to a point where farmers were undergoing unprecedented grief and suffering, and she saw an opportunity. And so, Farmer the Cookbook was born, a fundraising effort that will honestly knock your socks off. So without any further ado, please welcome to the show the beautiful soul that is Jodie Vassello. Yay! <laughs> Hello, Jules. What a gorgeous intro. Thank you. Oh, it's been a while since I've uh, recorded a podcast interview because we've been between seasons and that's my favourite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the intro. The intro, it's always like a little party at the start. So, my love, tell me, let's just backtrack a little for those of you out there who haven't heard of this wonderful woman. Give give them a, a little background on who is this wonderful Jodie Vassello because you've been in the industry a very long time. How did you start out? I started out as a masseuse actually and I'd had a car accident Donna Hay was my sister's best friend and I was at my mum's having dinner and I said I need to get a new job I can't keep on massaging and she said well why don't you go and become a home economist and work with me so the next day I enrolled in East Sydney TAFE and studied to become a home economist while I was doing that I worked at Murdoch where Donna was working Murdoch Books as their hand model and (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, when I left there I went to work straight at Murdoch when I left uh, East Sydney TAFE and qualified as a home economist I then went to work at Murdoch Books where I worked as a recipe writer a recipe tester continued my role as the hand model and (laughs) then I became a food stylist, left Murdoch for a few years, started my own publishing business where there when there wasn't a diabetic or gluten-free or allergy cookbook on the market. Did some great they they were dark days back then by the way. Dark days. days. 
And uh, <laughs> then I lost that business, had a uh, three-way partnership, absolute breakdown, crash, smash. I had my own personal little breakdown and, you know, health had always been really at the forefront of my profession. So I started to just, you know, write more and more health stuff was traveling in between to France and the UK. I had a French publisher over there doing a lot of writing and styling books over there. And then I became an author working for Harlequin, which is now HarperCollins, and I approached them about writing Ayurvedic cookbooks. They were like, what the hell is that? And I was like, just wait, it'll be popular in about five years. And that's basically been what's happened. My first book, book, Beautiful Food, they let me put a little bit of info about Ayurveda in there. And then the second book, they said, look, let's go for it. And now everyone, well, not everyone, but lots of people kind of are aware of Ayurveda and a bit about it. So that's me in a bit of a nutshell, really. Amazing. I wish I'd known about the hand bottle bit because I could have put that in the intro, like you might have seen her recipes or her hands. Definitely would have seen my little dark hands in any family circle step-by-step cookbook that you have. They'd be mine. Oh, everyone run to your bookshelf now. Go dig it up. They're in there. You know it's in there. (laughs) Cool. So what came first, the cooking or the love of nutrition? Uh, I think love of nutrition. I didn't learn to cook till I was 26. I'd left home when I was very young and um, basically did a variety of very strange jobs. I was a security guard. I worked in a real estate agent, anything that I could do really to make money before I'd go and do some more travel. But, you know, for me, I had no money, but I would always eat really well and it would be steamed vegetables and once a week I could afford a boil-in-the-bag fish, which would be my treat. But I've never been a super junky eater and I've always known that I needed to take care of my body because I needed to take care of myself. And it just seemed totally amatorian. It's totally rational that you take care of your body, you kind of can't go too wrong and yeah all of those traditional sort of medicine things have always been very very interesting to me they've always spoken to me and the yoga I'm trained in is a macrobiotic based yoga and then I studied Ayurvedic based yoga as well so I've always been sort of weaving the food and the yoga together as well that's amazing and like obviously Ayurveda influences a lot of your recipes now do you um like eat seasonally and eat according to your dosha like how how much do you follow it now pretty much i'm a menopausal woman i follow it to the t anyway i can probably (laughs) get that bit of heat of mine turned down i'm doing it you know it's i don't like to be hot i'm very uncomfortable and i'm quite intolerant when I'm hot and you know I don't I don't like living in my own skin feeling like that so when I started to really sort of show symptoms of menopause I was quite arrogant Jules I thought I'd get through menopause without a (laughs) without a symptom 
but when I started to get any <laughs> symptoms, I was like, okay, let's get on top of this. And I have never had issues with my sleep. So it was like, no. Nah first thing that was one thing that had to go was the sleep thing you know I had to get right on top of that so I took my yogic practice down from a much more dynamic style practice to a very largely influenced by yin um, now and so Mm. I'm in that parasympathetic I'm cooling I'm resting I'm digesting and then you know I went into the hot flushes so I was like I live I used to live in Byron Bay. Mm-mm, that's not going to work. So then I moved down the far south coast. Like I, I will do anything not to be hot. And, um, I, you know, I'm always aware of what I eat. And, um, you know, I, I, I live in a small country town now and um, I, I eat basically from what I can buy at the st- uh, The lady down the road from me has an incredible garden. I source a lot of my produce from her. I grow a lot of my own produce. I have my own chooks, but chook eggs are heating, so I only have two of them a week as a treat. And, yeah, I, I pretty much live live that way of life pretty regularly unless I have my, you know, day on the loose or two days on the loose where I just don't don't, don't care about anything and I, I eat whatever I feel like it and suffer the consequences. <laughs> I'm eating all the chook eggs. That's it. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So, like, it sounds like you're very connected with the land and with where you live as well, right? Yeah, I I walk on the beach every single day. I swim in the ocean every single day. I, you know, I'm outside in my garden looking at what I've grown. I'm watering my garden. I'm feeding my chooks, my cow, my horse. And, you know, outside today is incredibly smoky because we've got the fires down here. And, you know, I'm always aware. My, everything's determined by what's going outside on the outside because that's how I teach yoga. It's, it's a, a seasonal yoga that I teach. So every time I go to teach a class, it's totally dependent on what's going on outside. And then I teach elementally related to that. So. And, and Ayurveda is about, you know, we're just a part of what the elements outside are doing. Mm. And it's about being yes. in the moment yeah, as absolutely. well. absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, it's changing so rapidly these days. The weather just seems to be so, so sporadic. And, yeah, I, I, I know that when it bounces around, I bounce around as well. And it's trying to have the tools to calm myself down as much as possible to tolerate the bounce. And especially now it's so dry, it's very vata aggravating. So it means, you know, I'm a lot more anxious Mm. and everyone in the world is, you know, we're a lot more on sort of edge and everyone's feeling a little bit overwhelmed with what's going on. There's a bit of fear now really starting to accelerate in people's bodies because, you know, people have genuinely now, thank goodness, concerned about what's going to happen with our weather and if it is going to rain and when it is. Mm, mm, mm. And we'll we'll get into that in a minute as well because obviously we're going to be talking a little bit about the drought. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about giving back because um, this farmer cook farmer the cookbook 
that you've created. This is not your first rodeo helping a community in crisis, no, is it, young lady? Not, my friend. Uh, it absolutely isn't. No, you and I have um, had a lovely interaction when we helped the community of Lismore and Mwilumba and Mullumbimby and all around in the floods in what was that 2016 I think it was and um, yeah early early yeah, 2017 yeah. and um what a lot of people don't know about me is that I lived in Sydney and it was uh, about oh my goodness 20 years ago now and I'd just flown back in from Vietnam and I came home and my girlfriend came around to visit and was sat down to have morning tea and I had a 50-metre spotted gum tree fall through my house and destroy my whole house and nearly kill all of us. And I was without anything, without a home, without anything. I lost so much in my life um, at that one second, you know, life, my life changed very much. So <laughs> whenever there is a crisis of people who need help, I will always respond to it because it speaks to a huge part in me that I once was one of those people who needed that help and I had people walking down the street giving me like a brand new mattress, handing me a cheque of $200 and I, I will mm. never forget how much that meant to me and um, how vital community is when people are in need. And yeah, so I, I will always be there giving back. It, uh, tonight I go to an RFS meeting. The RFS station is beside me. I'm an RFS community education officer. And yeah, it's important to be a part of your community. That's, that's, that's an Ayurvedic thing as well. We don't just eat well. You have to you know, it, it's a ripple effect that women have in our community and Ayurveda says our communities are only as healthy as our women and I try to be as healthy as I possibly can be to have a beautiful impact on my community and I hope I do so. Yeah, I know you do so. I remember when we were doing that, yeah. it was, what yeah. was it called? Baked Relief Bangalore, yeah. I think I think you called it. And you had women all over Bangalore and Byronshire cooking the most amazing meals and delivering them to uh, yeah, and, and one of the organisers' well. homes, <laughs> and then distrib and your oh, and then distributing them to all the the flood uh, areas like of Lismore and Mullum, and. I, I think honestly, like I think that's something that could be replicated in so many communities, like not even just in the country, but in the city as well. When when times are tough, like how did you get that working so well so quickly? Because oh, the response was good very swift. Social media is extraordinary. I think it. You know, I know a lot of people. I'm very very fortunate to come in contact with a lot of people. But that was simply a post again on you know, a Facebook page, I, I just said, I'm going to do that. And it was bang. And I think that is the mark of a community. You don't have to shout very loud for help and people will come. And, um, you know, I, I, I try to live in communities where that is, that, that is the cornerstone of a, a community for me. And, Hopefully it's not always a giant crisis. It can just be someone come, coming home from having a baby and you make soup or they're sick and you, you make soup. And mm. 
that's food. It, it's medicine to me. It's not just maintaining this healthy life. It's being able to, you know, always be there for someone with a, a sort of helping hand. Well, for me, it's always a kitchen helping hand usually <laughs> to nourish to nourish people mm. in times of mm. trauma or or sickness. It, it is one of the greatest gifts that you can give people. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I've seen it happen with people who are going through cancer, like you said, people who've got babies, people who've lost their homes. Like, yeah, and and I know even when I'm really upset or sad or down, like if someone makes me a cup of tea, that is the best goddamn cup of tea I've ever yeah. had. And yeah. so the the concept of someone making you a whole meal is just so beautiful. Mm. It's gold. And, you know, I don't have a family. I have my dog, Cliff, but I live alone. And one of the most beautiful things I can do is cook for other people. You know, I'm not one of those women who's, you know, fortunate enough to have a family and possibly unfortunate enough to need to come up with a weekly menu, you know, 52 weeks of a year for 20-something years. So <laughs> for kids that may or may not eat it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like, you know, that's that's a, a gift slash maybe not such a gift sometimes, but, you know, I, I am always happy to make a meal for other people, whereas other people, you know, for them the idea of cooking is sometimes just like, no way, like give me a break. I feel like we've all become a bit more like so fragmented and we only tend to kind of commune together when it's sort of a special occasion now because we're all particularly busy. But, you know, I do believe in the the power of food to, to just join people, you know, in, in such a transformative way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, so, so much good stuff. All right. So let's get on to pharma. Because unprecedented drought seems to have led to unprecedented community effort and you've rounded up some people to help you with this one and it's kind of gone gangbusters. Can you yeah. tell me how this cookbook came about? Like what was the tipping point? Because this drought's been going on and on and on for a long time. What was that point where you were like, I'm going to do something? Yeah, I was in my paddock. I had sheep. And I had my all my sheep had lambs on the ground, and I was feeding them. And I'd spent nearly three hours trying to find food for them. And then a photographer friend of mine called up, and she was talking about it, how it was a trend for everyone to be a bit like farmers these days and do cookbooks that are kind of farmerish. And she was saying it was a bit ironic because none of them had probably even been on a farm or <laughs> worn their RM Williams boots anywhere near Kaupu. And um, I said, well, you know, maybe we could do a cookbook about farmers for farmers because if I'm finding it hard to get food for this many farmers, uh, for, for my sheep, imagine if you had like, like 10,000 sheep. Mm. And as soon as I started to think about that, I actually just looked around me and Tilba was like bone dry and Tilba is the greenest lung you've ever seen. She's just so extraordinary. And, um, yeah, and I just went, no, this this is a problem. This is a really big problem and 
I can help. And so I put a post again on. on Here we go again. And you know, I'm so, 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 no, the first thing I did was um, send Jamie Oliver a Facebook messenger um, message going, hey, mate. This is my idea. What do you think? And come back. Of course, that's what you do. Oh, of course. Um, I'll just send J.O. a message. Of course. <laughs> and, well, I always just think if I have him on board, I have more pulling power with other people. You know, if you're going to oh, yeah. name drop, you've got to have really big names to drop. And I don't like to be a name dropper. So it's like I use them <laughs> when I need to use them. You know, but it's, it's like, okay. And I always go to him because he's the most courageous person I know. And if I could ever be anything like a toenail of his, you know, in comparison to what he's done in, in life, I would be so happy. And he is just that person who I just think, you know, he, he never stops. He never, ever stops wanting to make a difference. And he's been such an inspiration to me. So I sent him a message going, this is my idea. Can you help out? What do you think? And he was like, first, straight away, it's like, go for it. You know, um, this is what you'll need. This is how I can help you. Tell me what else you need. And I was like, okay, great. So I can tell everybody else I've got him on board. And then that was, that was the beginning. And then I put a post up saying what I needed and I needed photographers to give their time for free. I needed stylists to give their time for free. I needed home economists to give their time for free. I needed recipe writers to give their time for free. I needed someone in the prop houses to give me all of the props to use in the book for free. I needed loads of stuff for free. <laughs> so yeah. I just started asking and you know the great just good old me who kind of knows exactly how to write a recipe <laughs> yep so there's a lot of farmers in this country so how did you choose which ones made it into the book so we had a lot of people in the 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 facebook post who contacted us and said i have a, a family member or i know this person so it was kind of like selected for us in many ways and then I wanted some city farmers so I went to a associate of mine who works at Sydney Markets and she gave me the contact for some Sydney farmers and yet they all just seemed to find their way to me and I just needed to make sure I could get a photographer out to them. So we've got photographers in the Northern Territory, we've got photographers in Queensland, Victoria. Tasmania and it you know it, it was just you know again me asking photographers to drive a very long way and telling them I couldn't pay for petrol <laughs> but that's okay because that becomes their contribution absolutely and they were all just so so happy to do it and some of them were just stopping farmers along the road and just asking them if they wanted to be in the book yeah g'day you want to be in a book yeah. got a good yeah. recipe yeah sure yeah. Absolutely. And then every night I have a bath every night and every night I'd lie in my bath and I'd just 
try and find the most beautiful images of farms and uh, like farm areas and stuff. And I just contacted all these photographers and asked them if I could use their images in the book as well. And many of those farmers were female farmers. Yes. Drones and all of the um, chapter openers in the book are by a lady called Wendy Sheehan. And she's so gorgeous. She's got a big sheep farm and she sends her drone out. She'll make patterns with all her grain and send her (laughs) drones up. And, you know, these women are extraordinary. I was just blown away, you know, like I had no idea. And I hope this doesn't sound offensive to people, but I had no idea of the absolute goldmine of talent that we have creatively with women who live on the land. They not only can work the land in a beautiful, earthy, determined, strong, incredibly resilient, but then they're soft and sweet and creative and damn good cooks, you know. It's like, who are you, super women? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. And I think, you know, when I was in the city, I, I kind of heard the term CWA and would just think sponge cakes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's... There's so much more than that. Oh, absolutely. Like the CWA are, I think, the backbone of rural communities and, you know, they're an integral part of every street in in, in the country and um, like every main street will have a CWA and, you know, these are women who've been in the community for a very long time. So when it came to giving... I wanted an organisation that would take the money that we'd raised and not waste it on administration. You know, I just knew how hard we'd all work to do so much for free. I just could not give it then to someone in an organisation who was going to disperse it for wages and all this other stuff. And the CWA I knew had every single cent that goes in goes out and it's a totally volunteer organisation and, you know, I'd just seen people I knew be really assisted by them and, um, you know, I'd seen the type of dynamic women that go into the CWA and work there and I was like, you know, that's where I'm going to end up is in a CWA at some point, you know, working with those other women and being part of that and um, I knew they'd find the people in the community who needed the money that wouldn't necessarily ask for the money. Mm. And um, that's a really big thing when it comes to rural communities. Rural, um, people are very, very proud and they will, they'll tough it out for as long as they can and, um, you know, always think someone else has got it worse than them. So I wanted to be able to have people who were the the eyes on the ground to be able to look through the community and go, aha, they need assistance, they need assistance. And, um, you know, I truly believe that's what's happened and it's happened at a, a great time because they then lost, they didn't get a whole lot of funding this year that they thought they were going to get. So I'm just absolutely oh. stoked to be able to. I just contacted them yesterday to tell them we've got another hundred thousand dollars to give to them this week. Yeah, just um, just remind me, Jody, uh, how much have you raised so far with this cookbook? Uh, we've raised about two hundred and twenty thousand dollars now, <laughs> and it started off. Oh, like we started off with me 
deciding that if I didn't raise, we started off with nothing, absolutely nothing, but I knew I had in my mortgage enough to pay my printer if it all turned totally pear-shaped. And my printer, bless him, would ring me every week and he'd go, so how's that crowdfunding going? I had a look on the <laughs> site and you're up to like $7,000 and I needed $47,000. And um you know, he was terrified and I was too. But, you know, nothing too bad's ever come from terror in my life. Uh, it's usually taking me to a place of really, really great heights. But, you know, mm. I feel the more that I exercise my faith muscle in life, the more I'm introduced to the biggest miracles that are just beyond my belief, Jules, really. Like, Life is goddamn amazing when you can just jump, really, <laughs> and be prepared yeah. to totally face plant in the gravel, you know. And I was prepared to face plant in the gravel. I thought, what's the worst that can happen? I have to pay for all of this printing. But, you know, I know that would end, you know, whereas these farmers, this is three years, this drought. This is three years now. So some of them, they usually can get through two, but this is the longest one they've ever seen. And the consequences of the choices they made a year ago are now showing up you know did they plant grain there's no water for that grain you know water is now the commodity that they is most rare so trying to find food and water is really really essential you know so what was my risk mine was calculated and um yeah it's it, it's pretty special to like have made money and then in the last week this just blew me away I did a tv interview that has now raised $86,000 from a four minute or something interview oh my goodness that's amazing to me that's being alive you know being able to make that kind of money and give it away I thought it was good to make it for myself but man oh man it's great to give it away You know, know, we we can give up to $3,000 to farmers. So that's, you know, over, what, 25, at least nearly 30 farmers that, well, no, more than 30 farmers that we're making a difference for this year at Christmas time because not all of them will get 3,000. So, you know, I love the fact that it's just something like I rang one of the farmers in our cookbook this week and told them we were giving them something and you know he's a really gorgeous man and he was just in tears and he just said you you just can't know you just can't know how much that means and he said I've got to go and then he sent me a message saying I just feel really emotional now and um you know that's why I do what I do to make a difference in people's lives because we all can make a difference in each other's lives and farmers making a big difference in people's lives and I love the fact it's not just me who's doing this, it's the people of Australia and it renews my my faith in the people in this country because I do believe we all are good and we want the best for the people who we live in this country with and things can happen that can feel like we're divided and we're different. But, you know, the last 12 months have shown me that, you know, Australians are good, kind, generous, caring people and, you know, they're always there to help each other. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it's incredible, Jody, though, honestly, like that whole fear of how am I gonna make this work? How am I gonna pay for this? Like that would stop just about everybody else from moving forward with a project like this that seems like such a crazy, like such a harebrained scheme to come up with. It's like, shit, I've got to find $47,000. That's all right. I reckon I've got that in, in the mortgage. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Let's keep going. That would stop just about everyone else I know. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, d- I don't know why it didn't stop me. I think because I just feel that it it's money. It's money. It, and, and, and you mm. know, there's, there 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 is definitely you know I've lost I've lost that before. I've lost that m- amount when I lost my business before, and I still got back up again. You know, and my intention yeah. was good, so no one could ever take that away from me my intention wasn't greed my intention was absolute good so you know we're all gonna lose we're all gonna fall we're all gonna fail we're all gonna make massive mistakes in life you know I'm I'm in my 50s I know that for sure now you know in my 30s I was like what what are you talking about I'm failing you know, I, I was the queen sulker and tantrum thrower. You know, I wanted life to be shiny and rosy and I wanted to look bloody great at it. You know, I'm a pitter. I don't like being not so good and shiny, you know, whereas life's kind of given me some really, really sweet, tough lessons that's, you know, made me eat a load of humble pie. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's just gorgeous now to know that, you know, I'm, I'm not a failure if I fail. I've just, I've, 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 I've failed. It, it's okay. I've given it a go though and I, I can't imagine, you know, my life if I never tried things that I would fail at. You know, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm an adventurer. I'm a, a risk taker and, you know, I've done very scary things from a very young age and, you know, some of them work, some of them haven't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think some of the, the best moments come from doing something scary. I, I found out not that long ago that, that fear and excitement are actually located in the same place in the brain. Like wow. they're in the same spot. Wow. Yeah. So it can it, it can be very easy to, you know, for you to feel one and then your body thinks it's the other. So sometimes oh. when we're feeling so much excitement, like then the fear kicks in. But then when we're feeling the fear, it's possible to turn that into excitement and something good as well. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, you know, the the whole thing about fear is that's Vata, you know, and Vata is creative as well and Vata is movement. And I'm a very inquisitive person when it comes to those emotions that, that want, make you want to freeze or make me want to freeze. And, you know, I know... It, 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 you know, the fear, it, it then it, it opens up into this vision and then it opens up into the heart and these are all the processes that come through five elements stuff and I just feel that fear is essential. It, it, it needs to be there but, you know, it doesn't mean it's a handbrake. It can, it can be in, into the, the most amazing territory. But I, I think, you know, I always like to put it, wrap it up in some tissues and take it with me because it's, it is absolutely, you know, essential for me to have fear as 
a compass sometimes. And, you know, I'm calculated. I'm a Taurian. I like money. I like security. But, you know, I could be more of myself or I could learn. And this is the tridoshic thing that comes with Ayurveda is, you know, I'm very pitta. I'm trying to become more kapha. So for me, it's about, you know, really thinking about more than just me. It's thinking about community. It's thinking about this big family that I'm trying to create. And that can, you know, then it can balance my my constitution out in a way, I suppose. So I'm always looking at those things that, you know, what's here to learn and what how can I grow from the experience and how can I become a you know, a more rounded version of, of myself rather than to explain, I suppose, but it, it, it's just more that thing of, you know, I use emotions in a very, in, like I, I inquire into my emotions a lot because I am such an emotional being and um, it, I think when I'm most frightened is when I'm absolutely most alive. <laughs> yes 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 (laughs) oh that's that's going on instagram that quote but i i I love i love how you you mentioned the term family and you describe it as a family because you know i've i've got the book right here my my beautiful neighbor odette has um who's your wonderful pr genius Um, who i couldn't have done anything of this without she's been right essential to this whole thing absolutely because after i rang jamie oliver i rang her and said i know how to make a book but i've got no idea how to sell it or get it across the whole social media platform and get it onto tv and get it over radio and do the pr and she has just been the queen of it you know you'd go nowhere else if you wanted someone to know about what you're doing she's your woman Yes, I'll I'll even put a link in the show notes to her business just in case anyone's listening and needs some PR because she's she's an absolute genius. But she also handed me a copy of the Farmer today so that I could have a look through all the recipes and get really hungry. Yeah, um, thanks everyone. Um, <laughs> but it does. It feels like a family. Like you're looking oh. through it. You don't just see the farmers. You've, you've even got the dogs. How could you I even not have the dogs? I know. <laughs> I was like, I'm the boss of this project and there's one thing we're definitely having is dogs. Damn it, the dogs are all going in. Yeah. We've got Kelpies, we've yeah. got cattle dogs. And what else have we all got in here? written from their voice. So, you know, oh, it's not their, their parents writing, it's them talking because, yeah, that they're essential part of the Australian farm life is the dogs oh it's just so so good and 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 um dear listener if you're wondering why we're frothing over dogs we both have a <laughs> mutual love of cattle dogs we have one each don't we jody yes i've got gorgeous cliff lying right beside me here oh but yeah we've got i've found a red kelpie a border collie i know there's a cattle dog in here as well yeah oh my goodness i love this book um do you have a favourite recipe or two or is that like trying to choose between your children? I don't have children but I I, I have many favourites depending on the day, I suppose. I like I, I, I think 
I couldn't have a favourite as such, but my aunt's passion fruit tarts have been one of my favourite recipes for oh, close to 40 years and um, they're just insanely easy and insanely delicious. So, But there's the best sponge cake by Kathy Lonnie. There's an incredible flourless chocolate hazelnut cake. There's oh, just a great lemon tart. There's fantastic scone recipes. There's in the in the mains. There's perfect roast veggie, res, uh, roast lamb, chicken, and then you've got all there's heaps of veggie recipes. This is what I was really surprised about. I thought I'd get lots and lots of just meaty stuff because it was all farmer stuff, but we ended up with a gorgeous beetroot beetroot tartar tan. There's a really lovely brown rice risotto. Um, recipe in there there's fantastic veggie lasagna recipes yeah it's and then you've got your breakfast recipes which is there's the greatest french toast recipe uh and something called cow poo slice slice. oh my god i love cow poo slice yeah so wendy the lady who's taken all of those drone shots that i was telling you about Mm. yeah she had her niece, I think, with her and they had to take cow pat samples for something, testing and send it off. You always have to be testing poo when you live on a farm. And then they made this slice afterwards. And <laughs> her niece said to her, oh, that looks like the cow pat. And she said, oh, look, can we call it cow poo slice? And oh, coffee slice is very, very popular and has given lots of people lots of chuckles since then. But great tucker coffee rolls and meatloaf and corned beef and all those just comforty food Australian recipes that you don't just have to run down the street and buy a gazillion ingredients you're never going to use again. I was pretty particular about that. So even though we've got some really, you know, big celebrity chef names in there, I was just like, don't go giving us your fancy schmancy recipes, please, because, um, you know, this is, we want this to be an everyday cookbook that really gets dog-eared on the kitchen bench and is absolutely used over and over and over again. And one of my, you know, biggest joys is to walk into people's places and I walk into loads of people's places these days and good old farmer's front and centre and she's being used regularly and people are like, this is the only book I use now and I'm like, what about my other book? (laughs) 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 Couldn't get that out as well, please. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's just lovely how how much she's been embraced, you know, and how she she has... um, spoken to the hearts of Australians because I do think there is a little Australian food language that we have and I think she's a beautiful mix of healthy recipes in there and then there's just the ones we would have grown up with you know and the ones we know at Christmas and I just think you know it's not often you find all of those in a recipe book these days and yeah, it is. It, it, it's it's just a beautiful mix along with the farmer's stories. She's a lovely book to just sit down and read, at, at, at you know, as a coffee table book, which is always nice as well. Yeah, 
I agree. She's absolutely beautiful, Jodie. I love her. Yeah. Love her. Love her. It's no wonder that she's doing such amazing things out there. Yeah. Um, I guess it's time to let people know how they can get a copy and can they get a copy for Christmas in time to gift and how's all that going to work? Over to you. Thank you. So, yes, they can. She's available in all good bookstores. She's available on Booktopia and Amazon and she's also available on chuffed.org forward slash project forward slash farmer cookbook. So we're going to cut off our orders at December 15th to allow for post. Uh, we're, we're out of stock. Uh, today is, I think, December 3rd and we're reprinting and that will we'll get our reprinted copies December 12th and we'll just be doing a massive, massive mail out December 12th. I don't know when this is going to go to air, but it, 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 if you have trouble finding it on Chuff, definitely Booktopia and Amazon have really quick turnaround times. But I'd really love you all to support your local bookstores as well because, you know, those guys are doing great stuff in the community and they need our ongoing support as well. Yeah. Very, very wise words. That's awesome. And and just so you know, we're going to try and get this podcast up tomorrow. We're going to oh, wow. try and Look weave some magic and get because I was like, we've got to get this up so that people can buy this for Christmas if they want to because it, it's oh. honestly, it's the most amazing gift. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, Jodie, for everything that you do. Now, also, don't go without letting people know where they can go to your page as well because you know like when you're not raising several hundred thousand dollars for farmers like you actually have this other job that you do as well I do <laughs> I do that's right so um they can go to my website jodyvasalo.com and I run women's wellness retreats on the uh, down south in New South Wales and Victoria I also run them overseas and I am a yin yoga teacher trainer, so I run 50-hour yoga teacher trainings and I also have cooking classes, cookbooks, and all that stuff is, you know, mixed up. I, yeah, it's a variety of things that I do depending on the day. But yoga and food are, are pretty much my things and, you know, when I get the opportunity to share them with women on retreats, that's just beautiful to bring it all together as well. Amazing, amazing. Okay, we'll put links to everything in the show notes. Jody, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today and thank you so much for your big heart and for everything you do. You really are truly amazing. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Jules, and thank you for everything you do because, you know, I think it takes one to know one really and I know your listeners will absolutely be aware of all the incredible things you do in the community yourself and um, it's still on my bucket list to be coming away with you on one of your volunteer expeditions real soon. We'll just add that to the list of things that you're doing. <laughs> thank you so much. Bless you, Jules. Thank you for your time and thank you for supporting Farmer. Yay. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Straight Talking Natural Health. If you liked what you heard, hit subscribe. That way you'll never miss an instalment. If you're a fan, please take a moment to leave me a review on iTunes. It helps other listeners to find this podcast too. 
Also, check out my website at julesgalloway.com. You'll find all the podcast episodes there along with loads of blog posts and resources to help you on the path back to finding your happy, energized self again. There's also a free quiz to help you assess your risk of burnout and adrenal dysfunction. So if you've been burning the candle at both ends or maybe you've been super busy or stressed recently, take the quiz now to see where your body is at. That's at julesgalloway.com. And let's connect. Follow my adventures on Facebook and Instagram at Jules Galloway Health. Till next time, remember, look after your awesome self because it gives others permission to do the same. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.